Welcome to No Instructions, episode 15. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And this is bag 11. This is the Black Lion's butt. <laughs> Black Lion's butt. You know, I, it dawned on me that, like, we've been doing this for a little while, and uh, we always just jump right in, and it's possible that new people actually listen to this on occasion and don't <laughs> really have any idea what this is. Kind of the goal, right? Oh, well, yeah, I think so, but we never explain what this is. So, um, you know us from I Like to Make Stuff, possibly, and uh, welcome to No Instructions. This is us hanging out and yep. playing with Lego and eventually building models. I have some, bottle, some bottles, models that I really want to get to building. Let's get to it. It feels like this thing is taking forever. Oh, by oh. the way, we're making Voltron. Well, yeah, this is the, <laughs> the largest Lego set uh, I've ever put together. So, I mean, it's going to take yeah. a while, but we're doing a bag an episode. Yeah. So I think we may need to start doubling up. It's true. Uh, we need to get to getting. I was going to see how many. I was curious how I think many pieces this is. 2,000? No. Yeah, 2,321 pieces. That's a lot of pieces. Yep. Yeah. So of I pieces. just did the Saturn V the other day. Mm -hmm. How many pieces was that? Because it was big. Yeah. I think it's in the thousand, thousand something. Really? Let me check. But it seems, I mean, because it was like, that thing's what, like four feet tall? It's like three feet tall. Yeah. yeah. It's in three major sections. It is amazing. It made my heart so happy. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. And then we went to go see First Man. Mm-hmm. So it just kept the whole space theme going. It was a spacey day. Spacey few days. Uh, yeah. So anyway, this show basically is, is the two of us hanging out, building things that we don't get to do for work, which is what we do the rest of the time. Um, and uh, there is a video version of this if you want to watch us build and it now has its own YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So we were putting it on the second, I like to make stuff channel, the kind of extra channel. Um, and since we're doing it on a consistent basis now, we decided to, to make it its own thing and push it off onto its own channel. So if you want to check that out, you can just watch us. There's cameras and you can see up close of what we're doing like this. Where I pointed the camera. Cameras the everywhere. Yeah. We got three cameras going. I think it's kind of cool. Oh, this time I'm doing it wrong. I'm talking and not putting the pieces together. That's one problem with this. I actually think I do a pretty good job. I think both of us do a pretty good job of really having a conversation it. and looking at instructions and finding pieces all at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I think it, it's a skill that I didn't know that I needed to exercise. <laughs> it's multitasking. It really is. But and every once in a while we will mess up and you know forget some pieces or put pieces in the wrong place. But I know, do that with normal sets, even when I'm not having a conversation with somebody. <laughs> All right, so the Saturn V rocket has oh, ironically, one thousand nine hundred and sixty-nine pieces hmm. from when Apollo uh, eleven landed on the moon in so nineteen sixty-nine. Surely that's intentional. That's well right? done. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. They just threw in like a whole bunch of random extra little nubbin pieces. Yeah, probably. They were like, well, instead of this one by four tall block, we can just do four You're gonna one need by all ones. of those. Yeah, so uh, First Man, we went and saw that. You loved it. I, I'm space fanatic. So I loved it. I loved it for a lot of different reasons. Not only because it had to deal with space and with landing on the moon, but it was a really well done movie. It really was. That's what I liked about it the most. Like the cinematography in the movie was so great. Like besides the motion, um, 
like I was saying, like you get a real sense of motion when you're in the aircraft with the characters mm-hmm. uh, across Neil Armstrong's entire career when he was flying experimental planes and then on the different rocket missions he was on. And then the way that it shot, like is there's a lot of handheld, shaky, grainy, looks like home video when he's at home with his family. And then it looks like more TV camera when he's in front of, you know, uh, like panels of journalists and things. And it's amazingly shot. I thought the sound was great. I thought the filler kind of like hurry up and wait shots of them like showing little rivet heads and screw heads and little things like those are stuff whenever i was yeah. sitting in a helicopter or in an airplane like those are things i was checking out because i thought it was cool and so for me it was a kind of nice little throwback hmm. for someone being equally as bored but equally intrigued by the little tiny things at the same time well and like what he's talking about if you haven't seen it is like there's shots when the you know the astronauts get on certain different launches and they just have to get in and get suited up and then they wait and they just have to wait for mission control to do all their stuff. And I didn't really thought about that before. But these guys get all packed in like sardines in this tiny little bubble with each other. Yep. And they're, and they're all hooked up to everything. And then they just got to sit there. Yeah, it was cool. Um, the The way it was shot and the sound. I should put the instructions in front of me so I don't have to turn away from the microphone so much. Mm. Um the way it was shot in the sound were the things that really stuck out to me. I mean, it was it was well acted and I think well directed and everything. But yeah, lots of close up, really tight shots on things, mm-hmm. and so that made the motion feel much more real. And I was telling my dad, and I mean, you were there, but for everybody else, I was telling my dad how much he may have gotten sick because he gets motion sickness on you know like rides and things like hmm. that sometimes. And. uh when I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, Dad would love this. And then it starts shaking. I'm like, no, nah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he might. On TV, I'm sure it would be easier to watch. But you know, big big screen, it was shaky for sure. And I liked how the sense of motion, like there's scale in the movie. Like there's a lot of like GoPro type footage from the sides of airplanes and you get the curvature of the earth in the background mm-hmm. with some clouds. And so you really do get the sense that you are – a part of the crew. Yeah, that was pretty cool. In fact, the whole first sequence, um, which doesn't spoil anything, but it's him doing a test flight and breaking the atmosphere, and it's just it's awesome looking. And there's stuff that I mean, because I'm a space geek and I have a degree in aeronautics, and so stuff I had to tell no and I had to learn. And there's moments in you know the history of space flight that are addressed. And so you know what's happening. You know what's going to happen if you knew, you know, enough about that particular mission. And you're like, oh, man, something's about to happen. And even when it did happen, it jarred, like, your your thoughts about it. Because hmm. you can study it or you can see, like, after, you know, real footage. And then it puts you in that space. So it's happening to you as well. Mm-hmm. Which I, I loved. That was impressive because, like, yeah, anytime something's based off a true story, you pretty much know the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for, you know, you know he's going to make it to the moon. Spoiler! Because he made it to the moon. But when or you're watching, he? there's so many points where you're like, he's about to die. This is the end of it. Like, oh, uh, uh, uh. But you know he gets through it. But mm-hmm. So they did a really good job of, like, kind of jerking you around emotionally, you know. They had the, the dialogue. Was the same, all the words that they said. Like, everybody knows they're like one small step for man kind of thing, but there is so much that went up before the actual landing. Like, there was a lot of drama 
mm-hmm. like innately be- because they were about to run out of fuel. They were going to land in this like this big rock field. And so it was really easy for them to pull and add suspense to those moments because in real life it was suspenseful. Yeah. And then they made it very personal. And he's uh, a very kind of subdued person. It was interesting because, like, I know nothing about him personally. Um, And they didn't imply this, but it felt very much like he... It was, I don't know how to say this without it sounding wrong. It almost, it was like Ryan Gosling took inspiration from people on the autism spectrum hmm. in the approach. He, he wasn't played as an autistic person or anything, but he had this like separation, this yep. really strong separation of, I have work to do. I have things that I have to think about. I have this like focus. Yep. And maybe that was just their way of, of really drawing out how focused he was and how intentional he was. But there was this interesting separation from the people around him that I didn't have any reason to expect, you know, cause I don't know anything about who he was. Um, oh no. Oh no. The lights are going off again. I forgot to bring the, the motion detector. Hang on. It happened again. We are true professionals here on this podcast. Are we good? Oh, it's yeah. lit again. Yeah, there we yeah. go. We're professionals, can't you tell? <clears throat> professionals that play with Lego. Anyway, it was a good movie. I liked it. I'm going to go watch it again. Three thumbs up. Like right now. Right now. Um, wasn't there a, a new trailer out that we were going to talk about? Uh, a trailer? Yeah. Did mm, I imagine that? I don't know. Hmm. There was. What was that? Ah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Daredevil starts tomorrow. It does. It Man, looks... it's like we timed that. Yeah, imagine mm-hmm. that. Uh, in case you missed it, put out a video today on YouTube about making Daredevil's Billy Club. And we worked really hard on that one. It was a lot of fun. It really was. I was pretty proud of that one. Yeah. They're not very cool. Mm-hmm. That used all the skills. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Microphone's falling. I dropped mine earlier before we started, so mine's probably in worse shape than Again, we're two professionals. Yep, yep, yep. Well, what else is going on? Uh, Wes is here. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Wes, our friend Wes from Geeksmithing, who I also co-host a podcast with on Making Geeks. Um, if you know Wes from the kind of maker community, I mean, Wes knows everybody. <laughs> That's the truth. But yeah, Wes is in town. He and his wife and his family are hanging out at my house for the week. He's been over here to the shop. He was on the live stream yesterday. Which I felt bad. I didn't have anything planned. Well, it was normal, but usually that only just lands on me. So, but he was here and I didn't have anything to do. Yeah, you know. He got the, the real life, I like to make stuff. <laughs> Nitty gritty. Not just the video version. Which is just as interesting as you would expect. Two guys sitting in an office staring at computer screens. <laughs> back to back on computers most of the day. This is an interesting little... Uh, I'm not sure what piece this is. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that they took two blocks and they they bent them with a hard bend. So I don't know. If you're watching the video, you can kind of see what's happening here. 
like there's a, a split in between these blocks, but mm -hmm. it's not flexible. It doesn't bend. It's yeah, they're just, introducing a rigid angle. Yeah. Which is something that Lego is not known for. This is the first time I've seen this. Yeah. It's a fixed. It's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. This is the hip. Yeah, this is one of the hips. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> remember a while back I was talking about how I was debating whether to start my um, my snowspeeder set? Mm -hmm. I started my snowspeeder set. <laughs> the big one? Yeah, the big one. It's like the, the UCS, is that what they're called? Mm -hmm. Ultimate Collection? Ultimate Collector yeah. Series. And it is big. Nice. It is really big. I have like kind of the center section of it done, so the wings are basically the only thing left. But it's uh, probably over a foot long, the center section. And, yeah, I don't know how wide it'll end up being, but it's a good size. It's a cool set. We were in Nashville the other night. It was on Sunday. We ate dinner, and we uh, didn't really have anything to do for a little while. And I was like, well, the Lego store's not that <laughs> far away. And she's like, yeah, let's, my wife was like, yeah, let's go to the Lego store. That'll be fun. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Sounds good. Oh, they're closed. Ah, it's Sunday. Everything closes at 6. So we didn't get to go, but which is probably good because I have tons of sets here that I haven't gotten to build yet. Not tons. I have a few. I think the only one I have left now at the house is requiring assembly because I have, still have some from my old house that are in boxes that are kind of partially done, you know, from the move. Mm-hmm. But the last one that's still in the box ready to go is the Scout Trooper on the uh, speeder bike. Oh, yeah. Haven't done that one yet. It's in my closet. But it was kind of nice when we finished the Saturn V rocket, those built-ins that I made in that front room of our house. Mm -hmm. There's one section that's wider, and that's where the computer goes. And there's four, I think, tiers of shelves or whatever. But at the top, there's a really long shelf that had books and pictures and stuff in it. Uh, and I petitioned my wife very quickly. <laughs> I'm like, I need to put something there. So how long before somebody... Climbs up there without permission and pulls that thing down. That did cross my mind. But honestly, I don't think they've noticed it's there yet. It's just too high up, maybe? Or maybe I just have so many Legos on that shelf uh, that it's like, eh, that's where Dad keeps random Legos. Because hmm. the Wally set is up there. Um, oh, I put that on backwards. The fire plane is up there. Oh, I forgot I had the fire plane. I, I think... There's a bunch of random 3D printed stuff. There's pictures, there's books. There's, I mean, it's it's not the only thing up there. So, And it's the tallest one. Yeah, and they are pretty short. Right so, now. Yeah. And it's it's more of something to look at. Like, I think Wally is something that they're they're itching to play with more than the rocket. Mm. Yeah, Which I could see that. Part of me thinks it's good, but part of me thinks it's maybe a little bit sad. <laughs> but I I foresee it staying up there uninterrupted for a little while so have you guys done um like rock like estes rockets with them yet yeah yeah what do they do they well, with deacon. To that? okay deacon well our house in georgia there was a neighborhood that was right beside ours that was not fully developed yet or it wasn't um there was only like two houses out of the entire area so we used to go over there and go shoot rockets and he's done it a couple times was he into it yeah, he liked it. I built a little custom, um, like, fire control box. It had a battery and a little safe and arm and fire switch so that, That's cool. you know, he could 
learn all the different things. One was like a slide mechanism. So the safety was a spring-loaded slide that connected two contacts. So you couldn't accidentally hit the rocket. Like, mm. He couldn't try to kill me when I was hooking up the stuff by flipping the cool master switch that had a little red cover on it. Mm-hmm. So we had to slide up the safe, flip open the, the thing, and then hit the button, and then it would fire. Nice. Yeah. So it was really cool, but I kind of I added that safety feature just so he wouldn't get overzealous. <laughs> so you wouldn't get shot in the so face. I w- yeah, so I wouldn't get shot in the face by a rocket. Yeah, I mean, that makes yeah, sense. That's wrong. I, I don't want to get shot in the face by a rocket. No. Not by one of those rockets. <laughs> I, pretty much any rocket. I, I can't if you're going to go out, one. might as well go out. And <laughs> my dad died getting shot in the face by a rocket. When I was growing up, we had... Um, I, I did a couple of those types of rockets, but we had more of... We did more of the water ones. Did you ever have any one of those? The little plastic... The ones you like pressurize and yeah, it, had like, like the soda bottles and stuff? Well, the ones we we did, it was the same principle as soda bottles, but it was a little plastic red rocket that was maybe about six, seven inches tall. And the fins on the side had, they were, they were bent, the bottom of them were bent in opposite directions. So you would fill up, um, let's see, how was it? You'd fill up the rocket with water and then stick this little pump on the end of it and then pump it up. And then there was a latch that you would um, you would kind of pull back, and that would release the rocket from this pump. Hmm. And the whole thing was, you know, you could hold it in your hand. I mean, yeah. it was small. But it was a kit. And I remember buying this kit at one point and then smashing it by accident somehow <laughs> and then getting another one or two of the same thing. So it was inexpensive, you know, and it was something we did several times. But I remember uh, shooting those a lot more than... And I guess it was easier, and I could do yeah. it without risk, really. But but we've done some of the rockets with the kids, and they really, really liked them. They liked making them. They liked firing them. Um, we had the first one. We got a, a kit of two of them, and this was maybe four or five months ago. Got a kit of two of them. They all worked together to build these two rockets, you know, put the graphics on, paint them, whatever. Took the first one out, and into a big field and made, you know, I checked the wind and I was like, it's going that way. So we're going to move the opposite way. We're going to go down here and everything. Super smart. And we shot the thing thinking there's no possible way that this is going to hit anything. And it went up and then popped and came down, got caught in the wind and just, it stayed up there way Hmm. longer than I expected it to. And so it carried it over trees and landed at the very top of a tree behind this house. And it was like pretty far away, yeah. but it was also at the top of a tree. I'm like, oh, that one's gone. <laughs> it's okay, kids. We have another one. This will be fun. So we put the other one up, changed our location. This one was heavier, though. It was bigger, so I knew that it would react a little differently. Shot it. It popped, came straight down. Kids ran out, caught it in the air before nice. it even hit the ground, brought it back. We repacked it, shot it again. Same thing. Ran out, caught it. And I'm like, sweet. This is awesome. We have one engine left. <laughs> Let's go. You know, Yeah. So we shoot it again. The wind... 180 degree change. Nice. So instead of going that way, it goes that way. And goes up, pops. But when it popped in the opposite direction behind us, the little rubber band that connects the two, the nose cone and the uh-huh. thing, and then, you know, it came loose from the back Ooh. of the box. So the nose cone comes down on the uh, parachute, and we see where it's going. But the rest of it just launches straight down into a giant field of like four foot tall grass 
gone. Never saw it again. Didn't catch a grass on fire, did it? No, no, it was, co- it was totally out. But, I mean, we spent, I don't know, probably 40 minutes all wandering through that field exactly where we thought it went. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting the drone out, flying oh, the wow. drone over it, trying to look for it. Because it was... The recovery vehicle? Yeah. Like <laughs> but the rocket was black in this field of green grass. And, you know, just like not real. Didn't really stand out. So. I think the last time we launched it a rocket gone. together, the neighborhood that we launched it in, there was only the two houses. So we were on like the very far side. And there was a big like retention lake kind of thing all in the middle. The one time it hit the tree line... And got stuck in some kind of low-hanging trees, and we were able to get it. And the second time, it ended up in, like, right at the... plopped as close as you could get to the water without it going in the water. Mm. So I don't know where that rocket is now. I don't know if it made any of the moves. But Wes and I got some... I mean, we got some rockets the other day when we were at Hobby Lobby and some little, like, little gliders that you wind up with the rubber bands. Oh, yeah. So we can have, like, a whole aviation field day. Yeah. I have a a few in there that after we... Destroyed those other ones. I bought a few just to have them around in case they wanted to do it again. But we haven't gotten back out there. I'd like to, though. Yeah. So I was in the Rocket Club when I was in... Was it had been elementary school? Yeah, because I was a big nerd. And I loved it. I love everything about Rocket. What did you do in Rocket Club? You got to learn about the engines and learn about different stages. And then we had um, this device that you could read, the Altitude. Ooh. It was like a little, I don't look like a piece of pie. It probably has a name, but you, you stand a certain distance away from the rocket. And then as the rocket launches, you keep the rocket in this little crosshairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then okay. there's this little oh, thing those. that would slide down and tell you how high the rocket went. And mm-hmm. That started my love for all things that can fly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, what other clubs were you in in your entire life? What clubs have you been? Well, I was in, okay. All of them. All of them. All of them. I was in the chorus when I was in elementary school, kind of like how Stella is. Mm -hmm. But then I quit because they wanted to make us wear these really dumb vests and turtlenecks (laughs) and just sing (laughs) the Lion King theme song over and over again, like at the mall. Like I did it one time. I'm like, this is kind of dumb. I don't want to sing these songs. (laughs) And then I was in the Rocket Club. And then I played football for a year when I was in middle school and hated everything about it. Hmm. It was 100-something degrees getting yelled at by these super, super rednecky football coaches. Everybody knew the plays, but I guess I just wasn't paying enough attention. And so I didn't know what any of the plays were. I just wanted to play football like you played like in the neighborhood. And because I was a fat kid, they always put me up on like the defensive line where like really not a lot of fun is had like everybody else looked like they were having way more fun. And hmm. I was just like shoving some big other fat kid. I'm like, this is kind of dumb. And then I found the academic team and the debate team when I was in high school, hmm. which I loved. I love both of them. I got to argue like <laughs> legitimately. <laughs> One of your favorite things. Yeah. Just kidding. But they taught, no legitimately though, but they taught you how to argue. Yeah. And I think that's what I love the most is they taught you how to do it correctly. Hmm. And then the academic team, like, that was my my love for Jeopardy. I finally got to use in some reasonable, like, semi-practical way. <laughs> um, what else? I think that might have been it. Those were the ones that stood out. Any fan clubs? You ever been in a fan club? I've never been in a fan club. Really? I did write Jonathan Taylor Thomas back in the day as for an autographed picture, and I got it? one. Did you really? I sure did. Wow. 
JTT is a man of his word. <laughs> Respect. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, so what was <laughs> what what was your connection to JTT? Why did you want his? I don't picture? know. There was somebody had like a magazine on the bus, and it was like how you could write these celebrities and like send them stuff, or you can get like autographed picture. And I remember writing like, "Hey, that showed home improvements pretty dope." Like, can I get a picture? And then I got a picture back, and it was like. Thanks, Josh. I don't even remember if it said my name. It was just yeah. like a random Thanks, dude. semi like headshot of Jonathan Taylor Thomas looking as 90s as possible yeah. with him. Like, I assume it was him or his assistant or his whoever scribbled on this piece of paper. Oh, yeah, and I was I'm like, sure. oh, my God, that was super cool. And then they disappeared. I don't know where it went. Huh. Probably worth tons of money now. Yeah, it's a shame you don't still have that one. Collector's items. Huh. Yeah, I was never in a... In a fan club. What about you? Were you in a fan club? I was in G.I. Joe fan club. Ooh. Or not, maybe, I don't know if it was called fan club, but it was yeah. like the G.I. Joe collector's club or something. There was a name for it. And uh, you would you would get the little, like, the little icons on the back of the packages, mm-hmm. you know, a little seal yep. thing. You send in enough of those. And and I think I, I had some something special from the G.I. Joe cereal. There was one year... Mm. When I went to stay for part of the summer with my grandmother, just like you know, go for a couple of weeks or whatever, and she let me get all the sugar cereals that I never got here. And so G.I. <laughs> Joe cereal was one of them, which I'm pretty sure tasted awful, but it was G.I. Joe cereal. They all tasted the same. It was the same It was cereal. some tricks yeah. variation. Mario cereal was the same. So I, I saved up, I think just from being there, maybe had enough whatever to send off for this figure which i have and it's a it's a hard to find figure because you could only get it from the cereal mm. so it's one that a lot of people don't have um but part of that whole thing was you also got to be in the fan club or whatever and you get dog tags Ooh. and so i have dog tags with my address actually from the house that's over there that we grew up oh, in. oh nice um it has my name and and that address on it i just now remember that i got lost. the yeah the dog tags that's pretty funny Let's see. What else was I? I in? found my uh, my silly alter ego dog tag the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yep. Oh, I put on one layer too much of this. I was in. I mean, like as far as like school and stuff, I was in band for a really long time. I joined band in sixth grade. Played. What'd you play? Played trumpet. Mainly because my brother had played trumpet. Um, and I, I started marching when I was in eighth grade, before I was in high school. Marched for two years, I think, and then quit, which is actually kind of weird for me thinking back that my parents let me quit that because hmm. we, we don't really quit things a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and like I played piano, took lessons since I was a kid. They never let me quit that. And then eventually it became a thing that I didn't want to quit. But. I don't know. Yeah, there was some point, for some reason, it became okay for me to to not do band anymore. And I'm really glad because it was just not something I was into. But that's the point when I started, like, started a band of my own and started playing guitar and, you know, all that stuff. But as far as, like, clubs, I don't know. I did RAs growing up. Oh, yeah? RAs and GAs? Yeah. yeah. It was like the, uh, the church, the church yep. Boy Scout thing. I was pretty involved in that. 
can't remember if there were any other actual like clubs though. I think it was really just the GI Joe was like the one that I really remember. I was in the Boy Scouts for a little while. I remember all like my expectations of all these clubs like being set and then when I was actually in them, they did not meet my expectations. And I was like, oh. Well, whose fault is that? I mean, definitely mine. <laughs> but I had an older brother. He's three years older than me. And so when he was in the Boy Scouts, like, he was able to do the wee below or whatever, like, certain things. Like, he could get his whittlemanship card where he was allowed to, like, have a pocket knife. Oh, Or yeah. Yeah. they would teach him how to, like, make fire or do archery or do whatever. And I'm like, yeah, let's get some of that. And they're like, oh, no, you're a tiger cub. Like, mm-hmm. we, we color pictures and make leather beaded goods for your mom. And I'm like, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> this is dumb. Make me a man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I want to do cool stuff. I'm like, and this is just super lame. Yeah. Well, like, I we did a lot of that in RAs, and it was, you know, in the church setting. So it was wrapped around some other education and stuff. But we, I do remember we did, even at, because it was like a first through sixth grade thing. And we did a whole lot of camping a whole lot of outdoor stuff. Um, and so all those things that, you know, learning how to start fires and how to make shelters and all that type of stuff. I remember doing most of that. So I don't think I ever had the interest in Boy Scouts because I was like, it seems like more of the same thing that we're yeah. already doing, you know. But then people didn't want to do what I was doing because they didn't go to my church or whatever, yeah. you know. Oh, I forgot. I was in, man, I don't know how I forgot that. I was in Taekwondo. Hmm. I was a red belt in Taekwondo. So that's the one before black belt. Mm-hmm. And wow, that's pretty far along. Yeah. And I got, I mean, I did what I, I have way too many leftover pieces. Something is amiss here. Uh, you have to make another foot? I did. There's rounded pieces. I'm missing rounded. Like, I think these are butt cheeks. It makes <laughs> sense that those would be butt cheeks. <laughs> one, two, three. Fultron four. shouldn't have butt cheeks. Yep, they're butt cheeks. Really? Hmm. Anyway. Haven't gotten to the butt cheeks yet. But again, that was another thing. Like, a friend of mine did it, and he was like, oh, you should come check out Taekwondo. Like, it's pretty neat. You get to, you know, fight and stuff. I was like, that sounds all right. So I went to go, like, sit in on one of their little meetings or Mm -hmm. one of their little things, and I was like, this seems pretty okay. Like, let's do this. And I remember watching the, like, once you got to a certain belt, you got to fight with weapons. Ooh. And I was like, really? yeah, we're doing this. And then somebody was, like, breaking a board and fighting with weapons all at the same time during the, like, little introductory thing. And I'm like, yep, sign me up. Hmm. And so I had a goal. I'm like, I want to break uh, four boards stacked together. And so this, I did. Was this just an arbitrary goal? or was Yeah, I saw like, a guy do it. I'm okay. like, I want to do that. Gotcha. And... They were like, oh, well, that's pretty hard. I mean, that's four boards. I'm like, bring it on. <laughs> so you have to learn the most rudimentary and just super boring, like high block, low block, front punch, and like all the super basic things. And I was surprised I made it through all that because I'm extremely impatient, especially with things like that. Like I would just, if allowed, I would have just punched four boards for the right. next year until yeah. I eventually made it through all four. Right. But, like, I learned how to spar, and you learn forms, and you learn all the stuff. And, like, I went to tournaments, and that tell the story about fighting the kid? You've told me. I don't know that you've told it on here. I've told it on Making Geeks, definitely. But the – so long story short, uh, once I broke four of those boards together, like, I was finished. Because when you get to black belt, like, you have to teach class. You have to teach a bunch of stuff. And I was in, like, middle school, and I didn't want to do all that. So I broke my four boards, and I was like, all right, I'm kind of done. I think I've grown out of this. 
But before I got to all that, you had to go to like these Taekwondo tournaments. And I was pretty good at sparring. Like I, I was legitimately good for a middle school kid for fighting people. And I was up for the, uh, it was the semifinals or the whatever finals. Like it was between you and Danny Russo, me and some other kid to see who was going to get like first and second place out of this age bracket. And so I'd already beaten three kids before that. And so I get up and I'm all psyched up and other people in my Taekwondo dojo or club or whatever they called it. were like, all right, it's go time. And so I get out there and I'm standing in the center and you bow to your judge. And then uh, my opponent walks up and it's this kid with cerebral palsy, like walking almost on the tops of his toes and his arms are curled up and he's got, you know, his hands are super tight, like can't Mm -hmm. move his hands. And I'm like, what? And my aunt has cerebral palsy. And my mom has worked with ALS patients. She was a, a neurology nurse. So I've, I've been around people that have this. And I'm like, nope. Yeah. Like, I can't do this. This that, that seems like a really weird thing to ask of a kid. Right? And I'm like, I, I cannot do what you're asking me to do right now. And so I'm like, well, I have to just let this guy kind of win, I guess. Hmm. And it didn't even occur to me that, like, this is for first and second place. So maybe this guy has just a legitimately awesome fighter. Or people have kind of done that, but I'm like, all right, I'm I'm gonna kind of just take it easy because, yeah, I don't want to be some hate monger, right? And so they like raise the hand to fight, and this dude charges at me, charges at me like crazy, arms and legs, and just angry ball of fury at me, and then just like gets up on me and just like shakes back and forth, and they called point, hmm. and I'm like, what? And they're like, point for that kid. I'm like, absolutely not. And like three <laughs> points, you win. Yeah. And so points are worth different things. Like a punch to the body. And I think a punch to the head is worth one point. Like a kick to the head, I think, is worth two points. And then like a jumping kick is worth something. But whatever. So then I get just super angry. That I'm like, my, my good deeds are not being rewarded here. Hmm. But I didn't know what to do. And so... The second point, like, I got the fire in me, and he came charging up, and I just straight up jump, front kicked him straight to the chest. And so it was a jump kick was worth two, and I think I got, like, one other point, and I won. But I felt horrible about it because the dude, like, fell. He fell hard. Hmm. And he had to, like, it took him a minute to get back up because the dude had cerebral palsy. Yeah. I'm like... I'm super conflicted as like a 12 year old. What was the reaction like outside of you after that? I don't know. I was so focused. I have no idea what was going on outside. I know that this kid was like bum charging me in this very uncomfortable looking way. So you don't have two of these left over. That's because I did it right. Yeah, it's true. But so, but I mean like, so after, you know, that, that match was over, you walked away, whatever. Did you ever have anybody... Like, good was, job, or was it like, uh, oh, good, yay, good to go, way to beat that guy up? Nope. Nothing? Nothing. Huh. Nope. Because I think overall, like, I got second place because these other guys beat each other. There was another match or something. I don't know how. I felt kind of robbed, but I got second place, and I still don't understand. And so I'm like, I had to beat up a kid with cerebral palsy, and I only got second place. It's like, this feels yeah weirdly empty for some reason. Like, I had to, like... That was one of the first times, like, as a child, I'm like, I am having, like, an internal struggle that I have to work out in a very short amount of time 
Because this dude just tried to punch me, and he's about to win. And if I want to be successful at this thing that I'm doing, I've got to figure out a solution really quick. Hmm. And my solution was apparently to, to kick a handicap well, I mean, kid square yeah, in the chest. I, at the same time, yeah, it's it. You know, they put you in a fight with someone who is intentionally there to be fought, right? Yeah. Yeah, that that would be a tough situation. I'm I'm sure for everybody involved because, like, the people running the competition, like, you don't want to single that kid out and say, like, you can't. You can't be a part of this. No, but I remember he had, like, a big cheering squad. Yeah. And that's where part of the, like, the confliction early on, I'm like, uh, am I just, I don't want to throw this. Yeah. Because I want to win. Right. And I don't, I don't want to get beat up by, I mean, it's beating up. It's, like, sparring. Yeah, well, you don't want to lose the Yeah, I don't want to lose. I want to do a good job. I've been doing this for a while now. But I won, and I was I was pretty conflicted over it. But Huh. That's interesting. I've always wanted to do to learn martial art, a martial art of some sort, always, my entire life. How does this work? Just bend the legs down. The back legs look really weird. Yeah. Uh, they look... He doesn't have any back knees. Nope. I mean, I guess maybe that's what that. It is. looks like Hank Hill's dad. You ever watch that show? Mm, I have watched the show, but I don't know what his dad. His like, like shins were sewn on to his thighs. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, the uh, the back legs look kind of strange. It's like he has a knee, but it's as big as his foot. Is this little thing down here? Anyway, I've always wanted to learn a martial art, but I've never had the opportunity to. And then last year or so, I started looking around. So my friend Dave, um, ooh, it can't stand up because it only has one leg. No, it has two legs. Oh, it's got two legs. Keep talking. Um, he does uh, uh, kung fu. He does Wing Chun. Dave does? Yeah. That's and cool. um, ever since he started doing that, I've always like it. Just it's cool to watch him. I started watching other videos of training and stuff and I'm like man that looks like a lot of fun I would love to do that there was a place in Savannah that taught it and I never got around to going to check it out like to take the free class or whatever and then here it's not wow that thing is big how does he stand up you probably have to twist the feet all around or well that angled piece like we're talking about it makes his legs bow out well they kind of have to though because right? otherwise, these would his hips would have his, to be super wide. The, the feet don't lock in place. Throw it away. Start over. Yeah, let's return it. <laughs> Sorry, Lego. He's, your feet of engineering is. He just has no, to lay down. Maybe you put these legs back. And no, it doesn't. Oh, I see what you mean. It doesn't lock. Does it click forward if you no. go? Snap! Oh, it, oh, does. it does. Well, that there was scary. Go. Crack. Okay. You just wow, that's pretty cool. Silly. Okay, sorry. Please yeah. continue. No, I just anyway. They don't have nobody teaches kung fu here. There's <laughs> taekwondo. There's karate, which might be all right. But I was really wanting to learn kung fu. Why is that? I don't know. I'm not sure. It just looks like the of the the motions that I've seen people do. It mm-hmm. would you know super limited experience of watching people do different martial arts. It looks like the most fun motion. Okay. But I don't. You know, that's just from the outside, watching videos and watching a few people in person. He's got a little T-Rex arm. <laughs> 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 he does. Voltron looks a little less mighty with his silly little arms. 
Uh, anyway. But yeah, I think Taekwondo was the only one that we had, and a friend of mine was doing it. It was neat. Like, you could get achievements. You could get different belts. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's kind of neat. And then, yeah, the guys came out with weapons and stuff, and I'm like, yep, this is happening. <laughs> Where can I get me some of them ninja stars? And they were like, ninja stars are not real things. And they had, like, the bow staff and size. And, like, you could order all this stuff for, like, little magazines. <clears throat> yeah. I'd still like to do that, but I don't want to have to travel just to be able to take those classes. So I have thought about, actually, fairly recently, thought about taking one of the other ones just to get some experience, just to do something. Um, but I don't know if I will or not. We enrolled Deacon in um, karate. I guess it was karate. It was in Georgia. And had this super country, like, instructor. And they didn't have a lot for, like, the white belt, kind of, like, very new kids to do. So we were paying money. I mean, it was, it was not cheap. But, like, they just kind of ran around and, like, mm-hmm. kicked a pad. I don't, it was nowhere near as structured as the stuff that I did when I was a kid. And so I kind of felt ripped off. Like, he did it for probably three or four months. He didn't learn anything. Well, that really depends on the teacher, right? Yeah. I mean. Like, I had, uh, I had goals. I knew what it took to progress to the next belt. So each belt, there were, like, three tiers. And it was like, so to be able to get to this tier, you have to be able to do these things. And you had a little, like... Ceremony, not really a ceremony, but you had a test in front of all the people. It was like, all right, mm. do your stuff. And if they thought you did it well enough, then you got to kind of level up. Yeah. And so each belt had kind of different degrees. So it was like a little red, white, and blue little piece of electrical tape you put on your belt before you can go to the next one. Wait, you don't actually get a different colored belt? Yeah, you do. You have to get those. You have to break those three. Oh, but And the, then you get another see, belt. So it's not just like, all right, I did my thing. Now I'm a yellow and now I'm a this. You got to do like the white. Your three levels of white, your uh, three I levels see. of yellow, and so on and so on. So they they drag it out, hmm. just to keep you paying the yep. membership fee. Just kidding. We got, are we starting on the next one? Um, sure. We're only forty two minutes in. Cool. Let's do it. Wait, there is already a motion sensor out here. Why didn't that go off? I don't know. There's two. Need new here. giant hockey puck batteries. Huh? All right, what are we Crazy. Doing? Bag twelve. The red one. I don't know. What's next? Red, this book is skinny. The red one? So this is two two bags for the red line, because right. the red lines are smaller. The red and the green. Bag dump in three, two, one. Man, we're nearing the end. I'm actually kind of glad. I am kind of too. It feels like this has been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. We're ready to build something else. Not that I don't appreciate all things that Voltron has got going for him. No. Man, this has been a minute. Ooh, that's an interesting piece. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen one of those. I've never seen this. Yeah, that's... The double ball joint? That's pretty wacky. How much do you love seeing new Lego pieces you've never seen before? I really enjoy it. And I always wonder, every time I see a new piece like that, because they have to be so uh, critical of every new potential design, Mm -hmm. right? Because it has to fit in just every possible situation. It's got to be the system. And so I just wonder... Like how long it took for this piece to be approved and how many different things they have to be able to justify hmm. to have a new piece manufactured. That's an interesting point. I like this little guy. I've never seen this. <laughs> That's strange. That's a new one. Because hmm. hmm. I'm, I'm sure that, yeah, that is really weird. Like how long ago someone proposed that piece? Yeah. Just to be told no many times and then go, it's my time. 
And I wonder if they, oh, I wonder if Lego designers give these new pieces like little pet names. <laughs> I doubt it because it's within the system. It It's all like they have an, a whole language about how they describe these pieces and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. The types of connectors, the types of angles, all that stuff. I would give mine special names. If I designed a piece, like, like it has very, to fit. Yeah, it's got to fit in the system. That's great. And there's structure, and that's wonderful. But, like, this is, this is a little. So what would you call that one? This, this is, a, for, for a description, this is a one-by-one one flat plate with a 90-degree one-by-one sticking off the side of it. Yep. That's a mouthful. This would be the Cobra Eye. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it sounds far more menacing than it is. The cobra eye. But it's cool now. I would like to... I would really like to see the process for how they come up with this stuff. Well, I'm doing two of the wrong piece here. <laughs> ah. So your kids are of the age where they're starting to get into clubs. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about all those? Um, I mean, not that you would have like a, a negative reaction to your kids being involved in things, but no, like, no. I mean, it's, it is one of those things that I think we've kind of talked about this before. Like I'm personally just more of us, a lone wolf, just a, a singular person. Like I, I don't feel the need to belong to big groups of people or have things in common with a lot of people. So I don't need that type of thing. I've never needed it growing up. And that's not to pass judgment on it at all. It's just not something that was ever really on my radar. I've never played any team sports because I just like, I don't, I don't really need to do that. You know, no big deal. Um, and so my kids are beginning to try out all those different things. They tried out basketball, cheerleading. Um, now they're, you know, doing different daughters on a chorus. She's on the academic team. All this stuff has happened very quickly. And as long as they're enjoying it and it's not getting in the way of something else that they're doing or our family's trying to do, I'm all for it. Like, I'm glad that they're trying things and getting exposed and having opportunities because these are both the things that she's a part of. She's also doing gymnastics. She started doing that and she's really good at it. But these are all like opportunities because she excels at something naturally. Yeah. And so she's been picked out for a small group of people to be a part of those things. And so like, of course, I want to encourage that, you know, as long as it's not getting in the way of her normal studies or like giving, making her feel like she has too much to do or any of yeah. that stuff. So I think that's probably something that will happen eventually as they get older. They'll get like, oh, I have these 10 things that I want to do after school. Mm -hmm. You can't do all that stuff. So I think they'll hit that wall eventually. But for now, I'm glad they're trying them. So with the, you know, your your parents wouldn't allow you to quit things. With that, that mindset that you have about like, well, I mean, it's just a thing. How will that, like if they, they stop being interested in it. Oh, I messed that up. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have like a clear cut thing for that but I do always my parents never stopped me from like wouldn't let me quit things but it was just like this is good for you it's it's a good thing for you to to um to try it's a good thing for you to experience so you should just stick with it you know but they were never like you don't get a choice here that yeah. kind of thing um 
What was the question? <laughs> so if they didn't want to do some of these things anymore, is that oh, a relief? Or is that uh, like, no, you should just stick with it because, I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. I think it's probably both. And it depends on what which one we're talking about. Like, I do think the something like piano, like I remember very specifically, I started piano when I was six years old. And it was a every week, 30-minute lesson, practice every day for 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And I took those lessons from age six to age 17. And I remember in maybe fifth, sixth grade, just being like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like this. I don't want to have to practice this music that I'm not into every single day. Mm -hmm. And I remember like being upset about it and kind of just, I don't want to do this anymore. My brother and sister who are older than me had been through the same teachers, had been playing, were both really good at music and really into it. And even though I thought that was cool, I just didn't want to have, I was just being lazy. I just didn't want to do it anymore. And my parents wouldn't really let me quit that. They kind of kind of forced me to stay in that. And I remember in the 6th, 7th grade range really being like, oh, like this is a thing that I can do that a lot of other people cannot do. True. And it wasn't just like picking around on the piano. Like I'm, I'm a pretty good piano player. That's one thing I can confidently say that I'm yeah. pretty good at. I don't do that for a lot of things, but, and when I was in that age, I could go like, we would go on the church retreats or something, mm -hmm. or if I was in like a, you know, some school thing where we had to travel, I could sit down at a piano and just like play around, not playing other people's music. I could make stuff up. I could play whatever. That's awesome. And people would just swarm. <laughs> and so of course, when you're seventh, eighth grade and you go to this place with like a bunch of teenage girls that you don't know and you sit down and play piano and all the girls come running. Yep. I mean, that's pretty awesome. So that probably had a lot to do with me staying encouraged to do piano. Chicks dig the piano. That's right. It's like, I you know. That's why everybody starts playing the acoustic guitar. guitar. Right. You think that's the thing? Piano is so much better for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just harder to carry around with you. That's true. <laughs> you can't be pretentious in the park <laughs> dragging right. a piano. You could. It's just a different kind of pretentious. I don't, I don't. I don't know if my parents knew how to react to us like being involved in things. Because my older brother, I mean, he was in the Boy Scouts or whatever. But other than that, like, he wasn't really in any clubs. Uh, he started to pick up the guitar on his own. And when he picked up the guitar, I picked up the bass just because I didn't want to play the guitar. I wanted to do something different than he did. Hmm. So I don't think they knew really how to react to us going like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I remember my mom telling me much later on, like when I played football, she was like, I really wish you would have stuck with football. Hmm. Because she liked like wanting to be like the, the booster mom. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know that. Hmm. Interesting. Because I kind of hated it. I thought it was stupid. Like in every practical way, I thought it was stupid. I wasn't enjoying it. It was way too hot. It seemed really dangerous. I like unnecessarily. That whole like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's do it, play football. Like I didn't have that. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So my personality was like, I, I don't belong here. I need to be somewhere where I can be sarcastic and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think like when my kids get to that, when they want to stop doing things, I think I'm going to have to just figure out what's, what the value is in that thing. Like if they want to stop playing piano, 
mm-hmm. I'm not going to make them play piano forever. But if they tried to stop now after taking lessons for about six months or so, I would say no. You're going to stick with this longer. Because there's a lot to be said for the discipline of doing something uh, after it's not interesting for a little while. Hmm. There's a certain amount of practice that I that being forced to put into something productive, obviously not like don't go bang your head against the wall, but like if there's a productive thing that's good for you, even if you're tired of it, you can still get some stuff out of that if you're forced to do it a little bit longer. And I think that's what my parents did with me. They saw that it was more beneficial for me than I realized, and they made me stick with it until I realized it. And then they didn't make me anymore, but I wanted to. So I think there's something... The flip side of that is not everything is for every person, right? right? So like some of my kids may excel at music and may do it forever. Some of them, it may just be the thing that they never, ever want to really commit to. Yeah. So. Deacon played soccer because we wanted to get him into some kind of team sports. Like he's a homeschool kid. So like you need to be around other kids, you know, doing something. And he just didn't like him. Mean, he was really young, but. I think, again, he had expectations of what soccer was. Mm-hmm. And there's like, oh, there's 40 kids all running in a giant ball, like a little horde of people trying to go get the ball that he never got. And he was like, this is dumb. He's like, this. And I think I had the I had the notion that if he could communicate, like even at a really young age, like why you don't want to do something, not just like, I don't want to do it. Like, well, that's just being lazy, kind of like you're saying. Like, what don't you like about it? And why is this a thing? Like, why is it such a hang-up? And I remember him playing soccer. Like, he was super young, and he was like, I don't I don't know why I'm here. Hmm. There's nothing for him to do because everybody was just in the big ball. And so I couldn't really go like, well, it's a team. It was like, well, because it really at that time it's, wasn't. Right. It's a bunch of individual teams. Yeah, it's just a bunch of kids <laughs> running around unnecessarily. And then I started coaching t-ball, and it was a good mix of, like, an individual activity with a team activity. Because, I mean, when you bat, like, it's just you. Or when you get the ball, it's you reacting and then throwing it to someone else. And he really liked that. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't I don't have enough experience with sports to really, like, ever have thought about that difference. But there mm-hmm. are some sports where you still play, like, you take action by yourself, mm-hmm. but you're still on a team. It's a really – t-ball and baseball is a really good mix. Huh. And That's... he excelled. He super liked t-ball. Which is cool because I liked coaching. I liked coaching the little kids. And what I didn't like about soccer, I took that and used it to coach these kids. I was like, well, you guys are not all going to run around like a bunch of dang idiots not knowing what you're doing. And they're like six or seven years old. I'm like, all right, well, play as a team. Don't just run after the ball mindlessly because that's a waste of everybody's time. What's going on here? Well, but they have to be taught what that means and how to right. do that too. And and that's maybe where a lot of those teams fall down is because like somebody's not equipped to really explain. Yep. Rather than running all in a mass, let's you know. Yeah, they never know the benefit of doing it another way, because they're all kind of. I mean, at that age, they're selfish. They all want the ball. Right. There's a ball. They want to play with it, and so they're all going to go run after it and trip over each other, and then it's just a big waste of time. And so that's where I felt like I did a good job of trying to kind of meter that hmm. but t-ball was something that deacon really enjoyed and then we also kind of geared it that way that i was the coach and so i got to pick the name so i picked fun silly names like other people wanted to be the yankees or the Braves. i'm like you guys don't know what that is and i can we can literally be whatever we want and so one year we were the angry birds 
And then next year we were the um, uh, we were Team Valor from Pokemon. Nice. And we had a little team chant about like being honest and working hard and playing and having fun. And I felt like everybody was really responsive. Yeah. Because it wasn't just a bunch of kids doing nothing for no reason. But soccer and stuff like he was able to articulate like even really young. He's just like, Dad, this is this is pointless. And I'm like, buddy, I kind of agree. Hmm. But my parents didn't. If I didn't want to do something, they're like, okay, then you know, just don't do it. Yeah. But there was always something else that I could be doing. Right. But I didn't know that my mom like wanted me to play football. I didn't know that that was a thing. Hmm. I don't know if it would have affected me doing it or not. But yeah, that would. That's interesting to think yeah. about. I was I was suited for the debate team. Like I think if I would have pursued that, I've always been interested in going to law school and being a lawyer. Hmm. Like if I could change one little deviation kind of point in my timeline, it would be like maybe go pursue that. But then you hear a bunch of people like, oh, I stopped being a lawyer to own my own vineyard or whatever because of everything it costs you. <laughs> but to me, that's one of those jobs where they're one of those professions that I feel like I would be really well suited. Yeah. And I did a good job. Like we had these debate matches and when I was on the academic team, I thought it was fun until we had an academic, I guess a match. I don't know what they call it, but we did it. Did I tell you this? No. We did it on the public access, like, um, TV studio. So we had to go down to like the bigger town, go down to Fort Walton beach and we were on TV. And I had never been on the little TV thing because the other people on the team already had done that before and I didn't. So there was a protocol to it and how you answered the questions. And if you got it right or if you got it wrong, which I didn't know. I just liked playing Jeopardy and I knew a lot of random stuff. So this lady asked a question and somebody went to respond. I went to respond and my little thing lit up. And so I was like, boom, Eleanor the Aquitaine, you're welcome. And everybody just stopped and kind of looked at me. And then some other kid from the other team was like, Eleanor of the Aquitaine. And they're like, congratulations, point for that team. I'm like, and I was in high school. So I start like looking to the, my friend to my left. And I'm like cursing. I'm like, what the, is, what, what is this bunch of beep, 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 beep. And she was like, shh, be quiet. I'm like, no, this is some beeping, beeping, beep. And so she grabs my microphone because everybody is microphoned in front of you. <laughs> And so I am just like, I am blurting curse words over public access because I was unfamiliar with the format and some other team got the points that I answered. And so I just, I was, I had this really just angry attitude the whole rest of the time. Mm. And I felt like this lady, like I felt unfairly yeah. uh, wronged by this woman who should have told me, or I don't know, I should have been briefed or whatever, but yeah, I was spewing obscenities because I was That's angry and I had no idea that it was like, oh, they can hear me. Like, yeah. Whoops. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, like, it, you're you talking about the debate team or being a lawyer, either one of those, those to me sound like the response to soccer. Like, I would be like, what's the point of that? Like, mm. why would I intentionally go argue with somebody? I would rather do about a thousand other things than go intentionally <laughs> argue with some random person over nonsense. It's, you know, it's just like the same reaction to a different side of things. Yeah. That's pretty funny. You're starting well, another I, bag? Yeah. Oh, goodness. I liked the debate because it was more than just like rabble rousing and just like pitching a fit and going, no, uh Like, no, there's a protocol to this and we're going to figure out who's, who's right. And oftentimes you had to play 
a side of the argument that you might not have agreed with. Yeah, yeah. Which was difficult, and I th- I think I think is good for like real life applications. Like it teaches you to think about things in a way that you may not have. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it was dicey stuff. Like we talked about abortion. We talked about you know human rights for different things, and it was like you're going to play against it. And so normal people are like, no, I can't do that. Like, there's no way that I could attempt, even in make believe, flip my, um, you know, my rationale for this topic. I was like, well, you're on that side, and mm-hmm. so it made you stop, and it made you. I had to do a lot of research. Hmm. Like, it wasn't just standing up and waxing intellectual and hoping that the jury or whatever agreed. Like, you had to research your points, and then if the other team didn't refute all of your points, then you won. And then I found out that in high school, like, there is a collegiate debate team, and the way that they do it is so crazy. So you get up there, and you have a certain amount of time. And so these kids would shotgun, like, machine gun their points. Like, point number one, Albertson, blah, 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 And they would go so fast. And I'm like, what is this kid doing? And you get lost, and you don't know all of the points that they made. Oh. And so if you don't refute them all. Wow. Then, oh, you didn't address that point. That point is completely plausible and still on the table. You didn't address it. They won. That's crazy. And it was like that. They would just speak so fast. And I was like, this is, <coughs> you guys are just trying to beat the system. You're yeah. not even trying to have like a legitimate argument. Right. It was crazy. Huh. Yeah, that's that sounds like, oh, I just realized that Voltron's been in front of my face the entire time. <laughs> Not, not that anybody needs to see my face, but sorry about that. Yeah, that sounds like something I wouldn't want to do. That's where I was like, I I, I don't like this anymore. Yeah. This isn't the the scholarly or gentlemanly kind of like back and forth where we all come to a consensus. You're just, it's a ploy. Hmm. And I'm not in on it. Yeah. I'm kind of glad I stuck to myself and rollerbladed my way through nice. high school. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, instead of doing that type of thing, you know, like, I made pretty bad grades. Cause really? I, yeah, because I just, like, I was lazy, and I just did the bare minimum. Hmm. Which is funny, because I don't do the bare minimum on most things. Right. But in school, I was And just I wouldn't like, imagine that your parents would let you get away with it. And I, they just barely did. Like, <laughs> I mean, I did all right, but not, you know, I had a lot more potential. I just didn't take advantage of it. Because hmm. I, instead of going the extra mile and doing those extra things and being a part of clubs and all that, I would just go rollerblade. And I was in several bands, and so we would just play music. And I think a lot of it, too, like my mom was in school when I was in high school. Hmm. And I don't mean that as a dig against her, but, like, I had a lot of time where I was responsible for myself to get my stuff done. And so, of course, I'm going to go the easiest possible route with, like, homework's done, Bare minimum, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever. All right, now it's time to go skate. That kind of thing. So, um, well, we're an hour in, and I, I don't really want to open another bag. Well, you, know, you want to wrap it up? Sure. I'll stop maybe where I am. Maybe. Maybe. Or we'll finish this bag. We'll maybe, maybe not. And we'll get out of sync. Oh, well, that's all right. Um, if you have some pros and cons, they're a fun way to have conversation. So if you have pros and cons that you want us to do on the show, send them to us uh, on the Instagram DM for No Instructions Podcast. Yeah. Cool? 
Coolio. That'd be cool. All right, where can people find you? Also on Instagram at the PI Workshop. The PI Workshop. And both of us at I Like to Make Stuff on all the stuff. Um, go check out the Daredevil video if you didn't see it. It's I'm cool. super proud of it. Yeah. It's pretty It's pretty awesome. It's good. It was a good thing. It's a good video. Covers a lot of different types of stuff. It was cool. And I got hit in the face with a prop at the very end. <laughs> I took one for the team. Styrofoam prop, though. You're okay. All right, cool. That's it for this one. Thanks for listening. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.